Today's show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. Get a 30-day free trial at www.gofreshbooks.com backslash gang. The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. I'm Jack Newman. I'm Trevor Flynn. And I'm Ben Howarth. And welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. This week we're going to be taking a look at Suburbicon, the new film uh, directed by George Clooney, written by the Coen Brothers. Uh, so we're just going to get right into it this week. I don't think there was any trailers that I was particularly interested in talking about. You guys? Nope. I only brought that up because I'm, I'm afraid that we're not going to have too much to talk about. <laughs> I don't actually. I, the next I, we have one. In I months. actually, I, I think this is actually a... a a fast, uh, maybe not something to talk about, but I think it's a fascinating film to discuss about authorial control and stuff like that. But, oh, uh, yeah, sure. First up, let's go ahead and do the synopsis. Suburbicon is a peaceful, idyllic suburban community with affordable homes and manicured lawns, the perfect place to raise a family, and in the summer of 1959, the Lodge family is doing just that. Uh, sort of. But the tranquil surface masks a disturbing reality as husband and father Gardner Lodge must navigate the town's dark underbelly of betrayal, deceit, and violence. That's a terrible synopsis because not only does it not mention anything about the like the African-American family in the Just like all the trailers don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it's also like, it's like, you know, the real evil is the Gardner family as well as Gardner himself and the family and kind of like the terribleness of them like the whole point of this movie you know spoilers ahead is that they are internally like crazy and and i don't know why i assume uh you know the the original mother was crazy as well but it just it just seems like one of those things that's just like uh the story essentially like a better synopsis of this would be that you know there's you know gardner and this this idyllic family a african-american family moves next door and there's essentially two stories here um Though it, all the all the reviews describe it as two stories, but I don't think they give enough screen time to the African American story to really consider it anything but a B plot in this it, movie. Uh, do you guys disagree? They're kind of literally token black people. It's kind of yeah. like it kind of undermines whatever George Clooney thought he was trying to do. I don't know. Right. Why we want to get into how this movie came to be made, which is perhaps way more fascinating than the actual movie itself. Though the movie's a fascinating kind of mess. Oh, definitely um, more fascinating. I would say. No, yeah, I, I mean, I think boring. that's... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably f- more fun to talk about George Clooney and the, the, the elements that went into this film. But uh, no, they're, they're definitely extremely token, and technically it is based on true story, though obviously very heightened to sort of a... Right. The a- but the African-American element is what's... But like an attempt yeah. at satirical state. You know. Oh, Did you guys oh, laugh? It's, there it's were clearly... a couple points where I laughed. All right, all right. Let's hold on. Let's let's sit down and like say like what the elephant in the room is. Like, let's just state. I'm, I feel like we're having a hard time like stating it outright. So, Ethan and Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers wrote the original script for this and wrote two movies. Uh, and this is and essentially that George Clooney has taken these uh, these scripts and well, rewrote they didn't write them. two movies. They wrote one movie in the '80s, like in during Blood Simple. Way. Oh, oh, this, way this is great. Yeah, go ahead. In their career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was a very classic Coen Brothers kind of crime drama that they were doing at that time, which is like, you know, a bunch of people are bad people and they're all trying to kill each other to get a little bit of money. <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those classic. But I think it wasn't even, even set in the 80s. I think it was even set in the 80s. It wasn't even like 1950s suburbia. I may be wrong on that. But then George Clooney also heard this story about this real life event that happened in Louisiana in the 50s where a black couple moved into white neighborhood and the white neighbors went insane and did everything to try and get them out of the neighborhood uh, i don't know if the whole riot thing happened but like basically it's a sort of similar situation he was just like let's just stitch them together <laughs> let's just kind of <laughs> mash them yeah, up yeah <laughs> and so you have this which very is, which weird is... thing where you have a very terrible group of people and another terrible group of people and you're not sure what the connection is at all ever well i think that's 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 exactly the issue is that the two stories don't hang together are i i understand because it's one of these classic things where i understand what they were probably going for and it's one of these things where it's like i think this movie could work directed by the coen brothers 
what do you think with, they like, were going for? Because I have my my theory. Of my my theory is that like you have the you know you have the racism and all this other other moment, and it's like this whole secondary or I mean I guess it is the primary story is set as like you know look at the hypocrisy between here we have this African American family and everything that they're accusing them of being crazy and terrible about and what they're bad for the white community when actuality the white community like hides this evil internalized uh strife and inside very itself obvious satirical point that the white community is destroying their neighborhood themselves you know what i mean the white it's, Absolutely. it's all about how the black people are just living their lives and the white people just can't let it go they can't uh, you know okay. they're they're like they right. start the riot you know what i mean the black people don't right. even respond ever it's like which is kind of part of the problem um and good no because does the black does the main like uh black lead ever have does he even have a line in this movie i don't think, he I think only the mom talks and very rarely <laughs> right right and i think that's and that's the whole problem is that you can't you know clearly there's i the, the in this weird to have a coen brothers where there are characters that we're meant to empathize with and that's the other thing is the boy is all is also another problem which is you know george clooney directing this film tends to somehow push the uh our desire to empathize which usually in these kind of movies when you don't have any heroes like everyone's kind of a bastard except with stuff like fargo um the the point is that you know you you he tries to push the empathy you know our ability to empathize with people onto the african-american family and also by extension the little boy uh who doesn't say anything when of course gardner eats the sandwich and dies which is actually (laughs) i i I kind of enjoyed that scene a little bit that scene was a great example of of the 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 problem with this movie that's a really good scene and a very coen brothers scene where oh exactly where matt damon is eating something is a yeah. good scene <laughs> it's matt damon eating like a like the perfect like imagery too of like this uh, white bread with cut off crusts you know so it's like mm-hmm. the perfect kind of suburban imagery and he's basically saying uh you have two choices you can lie or i can murder you <laughs> and like him straight up telling a seven-year-old i'm gonna murder you probably well, it's the Dana, Dana Dana of the great. film is, yeah, is, the, is like the con of suburbia, right? Eh, eh. I mean, that's what that's what the title means, and like, right? I, yeah. I get, I get the like hypocrisy angle y'all were going with on like why these two plots are next to each other. I didn't see that as much as, um, I mean, I guess it's still kind of hypocrisy, but the joke to me is that they are literally across the street, and the white family has like absolutely it it just doesn't affect them at all and they're supposed to be like oblivious to like the struggle right of the african-american community in like the 50s right but But why would they be oblivious like i i i I need that scene where matt damon's going yeah black people and or like uses the drama of it to hide i don't know no the point or it works better if they are good quote-unquote good normal people you know what i mean if they walk past these riots and then walk into their house and like oh boy crazy out there weather you know and like you know they they hide their blinds from the riots <laughs> going outside that works better but they are also morally repugnant right. dad right. people so right. i don't care right. that they're ignoring them because they're just shitty people i'm just saying i think that's maybe what was supposed to be the point but it doesn't I agree really with that. work yeah. when your your everyman character is a fucking sociopath <laughs> right. like yeah and he is partic- <laughs> it's particularly brutal and, and that's exactly the thing is like you know it doesn't i guess that's the thing is like in a lot of other coen brothers like maybe this is my only criticism of their script is that there's usually a build-up to kind of like understanding of that character i feel like there's no build-up to like understanding him like threatening to murder a child like no. do you know what i mean no yeah like, good scene but it's not earned at all exactly and that's exactly i think that's exactly like there is good moments in this and that's like good things that you could see happening and being like really awesome moments in other movies but there's it's totally like it's totally like none of this movie is earned at any point i mean can we just (laughs) talk about its core uh, premise just not hang together at all which as you said ben yeah can we talk about like the the alexander desplat score which is this great score for not this movie it's like this <laughs> it's a super great whimsical danny elfman like sort of it feels a lot like Edward scissorhands score and it's very like uh, kind of whimsical and fun and exciting and well, it's not you, you fitting hit, ever <laughs> you hit the head on like Edward scissorhands score because that's also like a suburban thing that's like i think it's supposed to be tonally dissonant in, in a certain way or at least uh, that's supposed to work. Wanna, it doesn't look, work. I don't want to throw but, this at either yeah. guys because I don't particularly want to defend this point per se. But I did. I did felt like the score at least like worked for me like a little bit in terms of like. I think it's a technically like, great score. I just like was like. 
No, no, no I agree. Like I agree. But I also think like the dissonance at times worked, like with him on like the bicycle and things like that. Like I do, I, I think my thing is that like, um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the score per se. I think there's like this one of those things where it's like, like 50% of the directing is there. Like it needs to go another 50% to like get all these pieces in place and working. Oh yeah. That's totally. the thing is I think uh, that's another example of how tonally this also doesn't hang together. <laughs> well, like the Coens are able to do amazing things. Well, uh, I don't even I don't even want to shit on Yeah, I don't even want to shit on George Clooney here. I just think the Coen brothers like I think that they're showing this is like this is the greatest example of why the Coen brothers are good at their jobs. It's yeah. like what I would put this at movie they write, as. They write for themselves and when they hand these movies off to other people it always they suck. It never works. It never works. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's clear that they have an idea in themselves, and it's like, and that's the thing. It's like the beat and the rhythm and everything else is like so out of place in this movie, and that's the big thing. And it it I, it's funny because like when Oscar Isaac hit the screen, I was like, right. oh, this works. Like oh, this, yeah, is right? this, this is working. This is working. This is working. I mean, I mean, it, it it also proves that you you almost can't go wrong with Oscar Isaac. Like I don't know how that. Movie, I know. Yeah. Like you put him I, in the I, right I, kind of yeah. Oscar Isaac role, that man will just capture the screen he's impossible mm-hmm. to not be charming i saw him in a terrible madonna movie and he was charming <laughs> like he, <laughs> he could save anything after that in my opinion he was good i liked him yeah no he comes in as this like sort of smarmy like uh um salesman type and he kind of just delivers that uh Again, like that, it's a very Cohen character, like a smarmy kind of creep. But you also realize you kind of should root for him because, like, he's totally right. <laughs> and mm-hmm. They are these bad people who are doing these terrible things. So he's one of those guys where you're like, oh, oh, I see the movie on the horizon. You guys see it? It's just over there. Oh, it it, it went away. <laughs> you know, it ran behind the bushes, never to be seen from again. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Uh, hey, can we p- pause for two seconds, guys? I'm having an, an audio issue real quick. Yeah, no problem. Do you want us to count down or stop with the No, know? stop.
Uh, okay, yeah, so the issue, again, is that, like, these two things don't necessarily hang together entirely, but also we come around to, like, kind of, like, the Coen brothers' internal issues in terms of writing. But, I mean, they're great, but I think that they think, like, as Ben said, they write for themselves, and of the kind of the issue that stems from that is that they literally write, like, this very specific beat and joke rhythm that no one else understands until you see it on screen. Like, I understand what the Coens are doing, I just can't recreate it in any context. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, I think just the fact that it's something they wrote in the eighties and never touched again, you know, speaks a lot to what they think of it, which is they're fine not making it. You know, it's like one of those things that's on their shelf, and I'm sure they could make it if ever they wanted to. And they were like, "We don't feel like it," you know, which kind of tells me that they've moved on from it in one. Yeah, way like creatively. First off, like. Like they've moved on. Like it definitely tells to me. Like it's like I feel like they have moved on creatively from like the, those drama. Like you know, you, you described it in that way. Like you know, the, people love like the Coen Brothers. Like you know, murder murder dramas when everyone's like a bad person and that stuff. But they've moved on creatively to new stuff. Not necessarily, but some of it's good and some of it's not better than their original stuff. But like, it's definitely yeah, a they change. Yeah, they made like a, a. I don't think they made a film like that really since. Uh... Maybe the man who wasn't there, but that's a very odd film of its own right. I, um, but that's maybe the last one I can think of that's like this. Like Fargo is sort of the apex, and I think they were like, "We said everything with Fargo. We're good. We're good." Yeah, and I think I think the other thing is that Fargo is like Fargo has such a moralized center that works so well for them, and like in like their way. Do you know what I mean? Like like especially like the main character of Fargo, just like ah, it's 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 so excellent in its own ways that it's. It's just, it's just, it's hard to like, it's hard to like. I mean, yeah, because Fargo's like about one of them being like, the world sucks, except for the woman I love. <laughs> like, Frances McDormand, you make the world okay, you know? And that's what, you're right, like, the, the, the fact that Frances McDormand's a good person is at the heart of that movie makes it uh, last a little better than maybe Blood Simple, which is a well-made film and very good, but it's just like, wow, everybody's terrible. <laughs> like, that's, they were much more nihilistic, I think, in their older times. I feel like I think that's back to be nihilistic but they're kind of funnier about it like they their nihilism tends to be more comedic to me these days than like dramatic you know yeah do, do I feel you like not that's think part of the reason it was left behind too do you not think that uh like i kind of consider no country for old men to be a little bit in this same that's sort of nihilistic yeah yeah, like I, I feel like that's like that's the spectrum. It's like there's either some sort of absurdity that makes life okay, or it's like just total nihilism. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, still the ultimate uh, Coen Brothers moment is the end of a uh, uh, burn after reading, where um, oh god, we're we're going to pick, yeah, where 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 the characters, uh, which isn't a great movie, but I just love this ending so much, and all these characters talking about all these terrible things have happened, all these people who got murdered, and they're like, huh, what did we learn? Fuck if I know. I guess we learned not to do it again. I wish I knew what the fuck we did. <laughs> Whatever. And then he just closes the book, and then it zooms out to the entire world. And it's like, oh, this is what they think all of life is. It's like all of life is us going, I don't know what happened. I guess don't do it again. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and well, to that's me, it's like, like their take on the spy a... genre, too. Like, that. the tone of that movie is, it's, I, I think you're making it, like, absurdist, like, Hitchhiker's Guide, whereas to me it's just very genre, I, very spy. I, 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 I don't know. I, I would, I would argue too, yeah. that absurdism is like a big running theme through a lot of their works, like yeah. almost like everything that they do. I, I would, I would agree that it comes out extra special in the spy genre take but at the same time like i feel like it's undeniable to me like the absurdism of like choice and stuff in like no country for old men which is a super serious movie but it still has that or like the absurdism of like the lady killers or like um a little bit like true grit or like some of the other things or, um, like yeah I especially mean, in uh, a serious man where like he goes to all these religious people for for guidance and they tell him these dumb stories oh that god make no sense oh brother where art thou the big lebowski oh, yeah. The Hudsucker Proxy, like, holy shit. Or, like, Raising Arizona. Like, like I feel like absurdism is, like, the thing that, like, George Clooney does not get. Which is no, it's a very shame because he was so good in Burn After Reading. He got no, he was. And, and, and he acts it, but, like, the, I think and, like, and, it's a uh, different ball game to direct it. And Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which is a very absurdist script about, like, a guy who... Though, I guess Confessions is kind of interesting because he kind of takes it ultra seriously and that's part of the joke is like because resident no confession's dangerous mind is based on this story from the 
the guy who hosted the gong show who totally believed that he was a cia agent working to kill people yeah <laughs> in between yeah. hosting the gong show <laughs> And what makes that movie hilarious is he takes it very seriously. Like, he definitely was a CIA agent, you know? And, and and that works because it's inherently odd. And I think he thinks that what he's making in Suburbicon is, like, inherently so ridiculous that you're just going to be laughing because he's playing it so straight. Whereas, like you said, you need more of those Coen brothers. But, that, but that's like, the thing is that, like, the, my whole bit is that this would probably be a lot better without the inclusion of the African-American family. Right, like, y'all are talking about, like, we're talking about the whole Coen Brothers filmography and, like, this tension between the absurd humor and, like, the ethical core of their movies, right? And, like, there's no, there's nothing ethically going on in this movie that wasn't done in fucking Pleasantville. Like, it's just, it's it's unnecessary. It's out of date. And I feel like George Clooney is trying to raise something out of the past that's not, it's just not politically relevant anymore. Like, I mean, it's not that it's not, I mean, it's not that it's not relevant. It's just like, it, we've, we're, we're past that. Like this might've been relevant. If you know, the, this movie was made that way, it still would be, you know, completely sort of a mess and like disjointed, well, but like, it would make more it, sense politically to have, if it actually came out in 85, but I don't know how much they rewrote it either. So. Right. And like the whole like scary version of leave it to beaver, like you said, has been done a lot, you know? And, yeah. and it's not so subversive to, to be like, wow, the 50s, for how pleasant it was, it was actually terrible. Like, there's whole video games about that. That's what Fallout is all about. Right. You know? and like, it, uh, it's old news. It, it, we, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's why I think the subversive movie this year was Get Out, which is like, okay, what if we made, like, a, 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 a racial tension movie about white suburban liberals today? You know, like, that's a little more subversive. To be, like, the guys who are like, I voted for Obama three times if I could. Like, those people are the scary people. Like, that's... That's actually subversive for modern day. We all agree the 50s were fucked up. <laughs> you know, we are long past the age of nostalgia for it, I think. And well, I I mean, some people are long past the age of nostalgia for it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, sure. Yeah. But I think at least a lot of people our age are like, I mean, whatever, you know? No, <laughs> no, no, that sucked. No, 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 I agree. And I think there's like, there, and there's clearly within our generation, like, uh, like even from the beginning, there was a total dismissal of like suburbia in general. So like, that's the point is, is like, like there's a literally a whole generation of people that just inherently accept the concept that suburbia is a bad thing. Now having a movie that's core concept is, oh, look at the suburb, like, or like the idea that like, you know, people inside suburbia are fucked up. It's like, it feels like it's missing the point or missed like, the train right, like, like by like David, 30 also, years. David Lynch was doing this 30 years ago in blue velvet you know what i mean right yeah no exactly it's like this made this was this was this was good when it was probably written you know what i mean you get all of this in like the (laughs) minute and a half opening of weeds for christ's sake like it doesn't take that long to do this (laughs) right that weird storybook opening where i was like it's like that's what i knew already i was like yeah this is weird because it's like it's not one particular joke and it's not one particular imagery or bit. Like, it was just, like, general, pleasant, 50s-style iconography, but not, like, pointed in any way. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, this is not probably going to go well. And that's why it well, was just also, boring for the most part. Yeah, it wasn't, that's, and that's it wasn't the anything sin. there. And that's that's more the sin than anything else. Like, it could be, it could be interesting in other ways. It's just... It's just not because like, the, exactly the first time I got up to go to the bathroom because I didn't care. I came back and was asked my girlfriend is like, is it still boring? And she just kind of looked at me like, it's your fault. We're here. I will say it has become common in like, in, not to be offensive, but like this year with like movie gang podcast films that I'm going to see that Katie's just like, I'm going to go with you to the movie theater and go see another movie. And it's like <laughs> kind of sad a little bit, but like she has like zero faith for me in like this sort of movie. She's like, I'm not looking it up. I don't care. Like, cause <laughs> And I don't want to. I don't want to like call out the movies that that like that happened to. But like, I bet I bet you two can guess. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Andrew's still not forgiving me for uh, the man with the iron fist. No one will ever give you forgive you for that. It's too funny. Uh, fuck, <laughs> fucking assholes. <laughs> he had he had haywire. You know, we all had our ones. It's, I mean, it's I, okay. I, I, I don't blame I you for I can forgive you because I wasn't there. How about that? My, Who liked recently, haywire? My ex, like just out of nowhere, was like, hey. 
Remember that terrible movie, Paranoia Park, we watched? You didn't like that, right? I was like, no, I just wanted to sound smart and not feel bad. I ruined everyone's <laughs> like, movie night. <laughs> That's such a... Listen, and I'm not going to lie. Like, this and Hail Caesar are kind of like those movies recently where it's like, like, look how smart I am. I really didn't enjoy either of these movies. <laughs> mm. Like, I, like I know that Hail Caesar, Caesar is probably, dumb... like, thematically good. You know, like, like, it actually, like, probably works a lot better. But still, like, I didn't enjoy, like, a second of Hail Caesar. <laughs> I understand. It's a weird paced movie. It's yeah, it's a weird. It, it, but like that's not the thing. Where it's madcap. Like, it, it's totally like I'll totally admit to like the like the Coen Brothers humor is like clicking in that movie and working. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like it's and it's I agree. Like also like Coen Brothers are better upon a second viewing, and I just like I think this is gonna get even worse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because like you said, like, cause the cones just always surprise you with their tone. You know what I mean? You, you trailers can never capture their tone right, and you go and watch it. And you're right, like, right. Which, which which is you called us out when we did the the quarter trailer on this because me and Bobby were like, "What the fuck is this?" And like we knew, like I I knew it was Coen Brothers, but didn't bring it up at the time, which I think infuriated the shit out of you. Because <laughs> I, like, I saw the director part. was George. <laughs> well, no, I saw the director was George Clooney, but like I was like I was like, oh, Coen Brothers writing, and I just didn't. I, I guess I was less I was more skeptical of that, but like, because like people are yeah, treating this like a Coen Brothers be. release, and I just don't want to associate this with their canon. No, I I agree. <laughs> like, I think at this point I just need to decide if they're not directing their own writing. Like, I, I, I think it's a problem. I, but like, like in, in their filmography, like who like works? Like I'm I, like I feel like there are examples of like where it's worked. The um, only film that they had a writing in that I do like. But I don't think it's their film at all. I think they just added jokes, from what I've gathered. Right. Bridge of Spies. No, and that's the thing, because I think they wrote that film for Steven Spielberg. <laughs> probably. Probably. Because it is like a like a like a like a dad movie, which I like. It's like a good dad movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. yeah. necessarily pejoratively. But yeah, it's not like Yeah, it doesn't have sort of the nihilism of their other work. You know, it is yeah. much more hopeful and has that Spielbergian beating heart of like, look at this great man and the great things he did. Yeah. You don't you don't think Crime Wave is pretty good too? Crime Wave. Crime Wave's weird. It's just funny that they did a Sam Raimi swap. Oh, I, I'm just sounding movies. smart. I've never even fucking heard of Crime Wave. I'm just on their filmography on Wikipedia, dude. <laughs> the one I just, I've never I heard am, of. I am I, fascinated that they did a movie with Sam Raimi. That's just so weird. Yeah, and, and famously, Sam Raimi, um, they kind of helped each other out because Sam Raimi shot uh, uh, their a, a trailer they made for Blood Simple, and he was in it. And Bruce Campbell was in it as well. And uh, they basically shot this a bunch of scenes from Blood Simple really quickly. And they went to all their rich friends. Like, oh. people they knew in town were rich. And they just showed them, like, this movie's done. We just need distributors. They hadn't shot anything. <laughs> they were just lying <laughs> through their teeth. Yeah, which which is, like, I love how, like, every famous Hollywood person has a story about how they did unethical shit in the early days of, like, their career. Yeah, pretty much. Like, like just Quentin Tarantino, like, stole like literally legitimately stole camera equipment oh yes sam raimi wrote hudsucker proxy so that's the switch they did so yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) it is it is i think i think that and like i i I don't know it's one of those things where it's like if it's like if i was going to like produce something that i had to produce tomorrow and it's like look at this coen brothers script i'd be like nah bro like 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 it, I have no idea how to crack that. <laughs> exactly, and it's it's interesting too because like Bridge of Spies is the most uninteresting thing piece of like writing that they've written, but it's it turned into a pretty good movie from my perspective. But like if if you told yeah, if, like if you didn't tell me that the Coen Brothers were involved in it, I would not know. No, yeah. no, it doesn't have that kind of spark. And know, that's and that's sure. the thing. There's like a very distinguished like absurdism fingerprint that the Coen brothers leave upon everything that they touch. And that's the big thing is that this movie was written for them to direct and George Clooney just picked it up. Like it's like, "Oh, it's a Coen brothers script. Look how great it is." No, like a Coen brothers like bean pod. Do you know what I mean? It, it needs more time and water in the ground before it like sprouts into Fargo. And it doesn't need a completely different story. <laughs> Right, 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 right. It doesn't need – and that – that I mean, does that – I guess in production cycle of this movie, like, it was before Ferguson and everything. I mean, there was already racial tensions at the time, though, so it's probably – Renewed racial tensions. Yeah, I don't know when it was written, but I, I think he probably wrote it in somewhat response to either Ferguson or the refugee sort of, you know, uh, uh, ramping up of all that stuff as well. Yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah. So I definitely think he's trying to 
yeah. Comment well, it's just there it's just, just no good parallel. Well, that and that's the thing is like there it doesn't it there is a I think like there is like a parallel in the movie, but it seems like a very 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 tenuous thing to hang your hat on like as a whole movie. Do you know what I mean? Like the whole right. movie's premise clings to this. Well, it's so bizarre just in terms of construction where it, like you start off with the African American family and you're like, oh, it's this story, and then. They go away for thirty which, minutes. Which, which, and that's the thing. For the first, like, for the first ten minutes, I had, like had a big hope. Like, even though I didn't particularly, like, I don't think it amounted to much. But like, I was like expecting, like, I was like, I know that Matt Damon is the main character of this movie. Why is it starting with this African? Oh, we're doing weird Coen Brothers things. Like, maybe this movie is gonna like add up, and it just doesn't. And that's the thing is, like, when it doesn't add up, and it's like that final shot of the boy leading dead Matt Damon to go play with the black kid. It's like it's supposed to be profound, and I was like, this doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> I like, love like um, you, you have not you have not communicated a thing to me like <laughs> like I get that like I, I and I know that you're like trying to say something but it's not successfully saying which is the difference was like I know what you're trying to say like and that's the weirdest bit th- that's like the weirdest art criticism I've ever given like I yeah. know exactly what you're attempting to say yeah like <laughs> I now get what my teacher said was like I understand your thesis, but you didn't prove it. You know, like exactly. You it's, it's, oh, like, that's that's that is so horrifying, and yet like so correct <laughs> that I hate it. I hate myself now <laughs> that we've become our we've become like our art teacher from like oh, middle no. school. <laughs> yeah, that 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 pan up out of the yard with all the fences and the suburban roofs that are all the same is pretty. Uh, it's pretty heavy. That that crane shot. <laughs> yeah, what is the whole it's thing pretty... of like him leaving the dead former generation to go arm in arm with the black kid into the sunset? It's just like, oh, it's just, oh. Yeah, American history tells like us a... that that sort of shit doesn't happen for another fifteen years. <laughs> That's for sure. And it just reminds like... me of like a terrible movie that I think is so overrated, Giant, which just ends with like a black baby and a Mexican baby in the same crib together, and they're like. They're gonna get along. <laughs> you know, like you don't know that. Like, Fuck you. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I have this. I need to interject my like life as a critic for a minute because like my first review I read of this made such a huge difference to me in my like processing of this movie because I knew none of this going in that the Co- like I knew the Coens were attached. I didn't realize they were like co I Like I knew it was weird, but I didn't. I had a vague sense of their involvement, and so I was like, "Oh, it's the Coens. I need to see it." And then like. As soon as I got out of the theater, I was like, that wasn't the Coens. What's wrong? What's wrong with this? Like, I don't believe it. And, I, and the review told me, like, the story. And then I was like, oh, see, if I knew that, I wouldn't have been like, oh, it's the Coens. I have to see it. I would have been like, that's the Coens. I guess I need to see it. Like, you know, it would have been different. And, like, I love David Sims' review at the Atlantic. Cause he says, so he wrote a great review. Yeah, yeah like, I, I had this feeling of dread. And, like, 30 minutes in, I realized these stories aren't going to connect, are they? <laughs> I, I guess like I guess like I just like couldn't imagine like all the way to the end that like like clearly like this has to like have a point and then like and that's the thing is like the horror at the end when you're just like oh no it's panning up oh no which is not over. which is not the impact that your fucking story needs to have like it's just really bad what if what if what if like a nuclear bomb had just gone off like Indiana Jones Crystal I mean, Skull it, style it been, yeah, wouldn't that have like, been better like, that would have been so much better it ties into the Indiana universe with like a fucking refrigerator flying through the air and it's like fuck you (laughs) forget about this i I don't know it's just it would have been more interesting than what the fuck happened (laughs) yeah like a full-on twilight zone ending would have been better (laughs) it actually would have it would have been connected to the coens it's like you know because it's it would have been nice to like subvert the like nice moment as it was it's like oh you wanted this nice moment life is more absurd than that which is like i guess that's the thing is like i need that like third act absurdism reveal like this all doesn't really matter and these beautiful relationships don't exist or like yeah, like, like, like the closing shot some you way. see like uh, the riot the riot starts up again in the distance and you just see them starting to climb over the fences way off in the distance or like, zombies or or like or yeah like something awful like like the black child's parents are dead too from the riots or something okay i don't know why that would like right. <sighs> but i mean that's the thing it's like how does a movie where it ends with the implication that a child has murdered his dad be so boring about it yeah, you know right. like that should be inherently fascinating in some form or another 
But I was just like, oh, yeah. I guess well, you bring up happen. a p- good point there, too, because the whole time I was wondering, does he know what's in the sandwich? Does he put that together at any point? Like, I that that's never really addressed, and that's kind of an important, you know, part of his character. I mean, he, he, doesn't, just... he doesn't particularly know. He just knows that his, like, his mom was scaring him, and he was just like, nah. But, like, like then, I mean, does he think, like, how does he think his dad died? Like, does he get that his dad died by the end of the film, even? does Or, or does he just, like, it, I, you know, it's it's very left, it's literally I, left I, cold I, on the table. It's very clear to me that the filmmakers <laughs> want to, imp- I guess this is the difference. Like, I agree to you, Trevor, that it's, like, easy to take away that that didn't happen. I think it's very clear to me that the filmmakers implied that he knows. And, like, the way that, like, the face and the kids acting. Like, it's very uh-huh. hard to do child actors to begin with. But, like, it's very clear to me that that child wasn't directed to seem like he knows that his dad's about to die yeah i guess um he was good that kid for what he had to do no i, I agree yeah, I, like and he's so. like li- literally like the like the last minute emotional emotional core of this movie yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just at, i think the beginning when i saw two julianne moores i was like I love Julianne Moore, but I don't know if I can take two of Julianne Moore. <laughs> it's a lot of Julianne Moore. Yeah. <laughs> I think my forever realized there was two was, of them. I was like, "What? Was, what is uh, happening?" <laughs> was, uh, was not going well from that point. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm very curious. Eventually, I'm probably going to cut us a bit earlier and go on to scores in a minute. But I'm very curious. Um, I'm assuming both of you don't recommend people go see this. Um, no. No. <laughs> no, no, but, like, I guess this is interesting for me because, like, I find this interesting in terms of, like, Cohen canon and, like, the best example for me of a movie that they did not direct that, like, needed to be directed by them. Yeah. Like, probably, I mean, yeah, like, the only way to do it is in some kind of research if, like, you want to do yeah. some form of, of research watching on this movie. But right. otherwise, I think it's The right. sheer so bizarreness dull. of it is a little entertaining, but not enough. Well, it's not even enough. Yeah, it's not even, like, too messed up to, like, be, like, like the snowman I'd finally watch, and it was just fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, like, why is everything so wrong? <laughs> and, like... This doesn't have that ability. You're just like, no. uh... I'm no, no, no Geostorm factor here. Yeah. No Geostorm. Oh, no can we factor. stop with Geostorm? I, I love you guys. I just like, brought now it up to piss you Blade off. Blade Runner, like, it's just, always going to be that movie for me. Like, that, so it, like, beat Blade Runner. It, it was the bad, terrible movie that beat Blade Runner at the box office. Like, it's going to be <laughs> that, like, destroyed good art. <laughs> like, Geostorm, like, nice guys, they're all up there, man. They, <laughs> yeah, nice nice guys are usually dicks. Yeah, in fact, like, yeah, to, to say with nice guys, what was, what was the one that beat nice guys? Wasn't it, like, a Sandler comedy? I thought it was, like... Oh no! It was the Angry Sandler Birds movie. Sandler was nice guy. Oh fuck! It was me. the Angry Birds movie that beat uh, Nice Guys. So forever, the Angry Birds movie has an extra little fuck you for being the one. Right, not just <laughs> like not just for being we can't the have most soulless corporate tie-in of all time. Exactly, uh, you can't have this well-written, funny, interesting comedy. No, you must have your soulless corporate money-making children's film. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I guess. And here's the other thing this I want to say: this is taking like, a dark turn. Yeah, I, I, I guess the other thing is like well, the separation yeah. for me here is that like of the other movies they've written for other people they always seems to write them for that people like you know say what you want about unbroken it is not like a very joel and ethan cohen movie at all mm-hmm. and and by the same token bridge of spies is a very steven spielberg movie and it's just like it's very weird that suburbicon has their fingerprints in such weird ways and it's just a different sort of production i, I guess you ever laugh like, not did once. you ever laugh and know that it was like not cohen's and this and that's and that's the scariest thing like i literally did not laugh aloud once through this okay. entire I had, movie. I had I had a couple of moments. Whenever they're shouting back and forth between the windows, Matt Damon on his way back from wherever he's like putting uh, fucking the the insurance agent's body and and the gangster, and they're just like yelling out their windows, and then a, cha- a train just comes by and just murders the. K- I, I I did laugh at that. And I think that's, like, I, the original Cohen. My, my loudest movie, reaction but... was during the tilt-up pan at the end, and I just, I like, said aloud in the movie theater, like, very loud, oh, fuck me. And, like, a nice lady, like, looked over at me, and I was just like, sorry. Like, no, like, I've like, never been so tempted to talk out loud in a movie theater oh. because the whole time in mind, there were like three other couples there. And I think a lot of them are old. 
and this movie was you know predictable and people it was just predictable enough and like weirdly tonally enough that people like felt really smart for knowing what was going to happen next and they kept saying it and i was like yeah duh he's gonna eat the sandwich you fucking more like i just <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a very this is very much the movie that someone else is going to like love and have a poster on their wall and there be the most pretentious piece of shit you've ever known. no like, no like this is... that's not they're I... not there's not that person i don't believe that person exists i've called <laughs> I, I i my faith in humanity has not yet sunk so low sir <laughs> i don't know Trevor, I, maybe this is like like not to be offensive like i I have to call a little bit of bull sometimes on us as like people like we are three highly educated individuals and I don't, I don't, I don't even mean to talk ourselves up, but maybe like, it's just obvious sometimes to us that like, you know, fifties remember like fifties were a terrible time. And like, you know, shitting on the fifties, like seems think, almost passe you, for you, us. You, you I think say this that movie like the cinema cool score, which somebody? is like, uh, sorry, what'd you say to Sarah? I was like, you you think you think this movie made it made it, made shitting on the fifties cool for some 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 person out not, there? Not that made shitting on the fifties cool. It's that like there is somebody out there that is probably like you know. And again, they're, obviously they're not gonna go are fucking you, see this movie. Are you, su- so it are you suggesting this movie woke someone? Is that, is that what you're <laughs> <saying>? <laughs> real woke. as soon as you said it, I was like, no, no, no one that needed to see this movie went so. and saw it. <laughs> yeah, I think at the best you're gonna get a. It wasn't bad. Ah, it wasn't that. Like, I think that's the best uh, you might get. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I agree. Because it's got with like you. a I mean, D I, minus on cinema score. Like audiences hated this movie, so like, yeah, we're not yeah. alone. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I agree. I agree. And the audience, the audience that is confused by it hates it, and the audience that is like overly intelligent is like, this is passe. Yeah, I get everything you're trying to do, and yeah. you're not. Which like, is us, the, by the way. We're the, yeah. we're the intelligent people yeah. in this scenario. Just, I, I, just I, I, so I would not. I don't. You know, how about, we're the people that think we're intelligent. How about that? <laughs> the one of watch too many goddamn movies. That's, I think, the best. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will say, I do have conversations at work now sometimes. And it's just like, I realize that people don't consume movies in the same way that I do. And I'm like, and like someone shouts something out and I'm like, Oh yeah, this year it was uh, Suburbicon. Boom, and they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I, know. I know. I forget. There was something. There was something like really random the other day about. I forget what it was. It was about uh, fuck. No, I can't remember. <laughs> really serves yeah, to help my uh, point. Let's go ahead and score this bitch. Uh, Trevor, yeah. you're up first. I have to score this. I hadn't even thought about scoring this. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, there's no point. I don't know. It's beyond um, score. <laughs> uh, I did laugh a couple of times. Really? So, so a two, I think, is fair. Does that oh, make Jesus. sense? I was so bored the rest of the time. <laughs> Like, I was curled up in my seat, like, trying to make small talk with my girlfriend the whole time. She's like, I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, like, I guess for, I, I'm sorry that I, like, call you out on scores. Like, I know that I shouldn't do this. No, since, like, I'll do I'm it. The worst I mean, someone's got to No, 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 it, that's, like, know? the someone, worst someone, movie some, you've, you've ever you've seen. You've got to, like, defend your bullshit system. You uh, no, I, I, I call you know, it bullshit on air. Don't, don't do this. Don't do this. I know, I know. But then you call it on bullshit on air, and then you got to, like, you know, take it out of me to, like, re-legitimize it. So it's no. all part of your strategy <laughs> to, like... You are, my, you are always my sacrificial lamb, Trevor. Yeah, I'm very aware of this. I really, I really do what you got to do. Okay, cool. I really need to move the movie gang to Animania system, even though we never actually do it. We always, we always forget to score. We never fucking use it, and it doesn't work because I'm never gonna buy anything ever. I know, I know. Like, like one person's Blu-ray buy is another person's never Blu-ray buy. Okay, I get, I get that. But, but, um, all right. But like, seriously though, like this is like the worst movie you've seen this year, Trevor. Um. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't gone to a lot of the. Like, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even movies. calling you out right now. I'm, no, like, what I'm, I'm doing is just I'm genuinely saying, like, thinking about it. No, no, Trevor, I, I, I think, yeah. Like there have been a lot of bad movies that I've heard y'all talk about that that I didn't go and see because I knew I could just hear y'all talk about them. I don't think yeah. I've gone to see anything <laughs> that was this genuinely just boring. Like The Foreigner was not a great movie, but it it, it was at least like made me more aware of the IRA's place in history a little bit, weirdly, like <laughs> Yeah. Like there's there's some like takeaway from that. Whereas oh, we still this... need to do the foreigner guys. No we don't. Foreigner. No we don't. There's I a... wanna talk about it. Did you I just wanna say talk the about foreigner's great. 
You know what we should do? We no, should, we should, we should do, like, we should review police it's, story it's very and odd. talk about the foreigner. That's what we should do. <laughs> review what? Because <laughs> you just want to do your Hong Kong rant, which I don't think is even appropriate for the foreigner because he's not even in that movie. <laughs> I know. It's, it's really not. just a. Can we Pierce can we Brosnan like go movie. talk about a good Hong Kong action? Can we do like the like the killer? I don't know. Yes, we could totally do the killer. Anytime. That would be that would be amazing. Anytime you feel you need it. <laughs> I, 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 I was about to say maybe like after like the last like I I really need Thor Ragnarok to be good, which worries me like as a reviewer. Oh, like I need it to be good. <laughs> I we're I'm three for three not so great movies right now. So I'm like you know Marvel. Dude, yeah, I had a I had a rough. Just use the factory, turn the thing out. Like I, I'm, I'm fine. Just I want to, you know, I want to have a good time. Just do your thing, Marvel. I watched, like I respect. I, I, that's I respect the thing. I watched. You. Like please. I watched three movies that were aggressively boring in a row. I watched Steven Spielberg's 1941. I watched K19 The Widowmaker, and I watched Suburbicon in a row. And I was so I hated movies. I just didn't <laughs> want to even watch movies anymore. I was done. Video games Widowmaker is particularly is particularly boring. It's rough. It's a rough. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long watch, dude. <laughs> Boy, do you do you like submarine drills? Because there's an hour of them. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, boy. All yeah. right. Um. Yeah. So Ben, what's your score? Uh. Yeah, this is a tough one too. But I guess I'll give it a three. Uh, I guess I'm sort of a. Sometimes be broad strokes, then be individual. So I'll be a little individual of like, there's a good score. Robert Elswist, like always, is a great cinematographer. Um, but boy, this movie's just core is just broken. It just, just, just from the very start of deciding to make these two movies instead of making one or the other, I think it's, it's just inherently a problem. At the very least, never tying together is a huge problem. I think it's. I would like to read the original Cohen script. I would imagine it's one of their weaker efforts if they never wanted to make it. I think there's probably kind of a good reason. And obviously, <laughs> they moved on from these kind of stories. Uh, but at the very least, I think that movie would have been more interesting. And I think maybe in a very satirical uh, movie about a, a black family getting like harassed to extreme lengths uh, might be interesting as well. Um, but together, they don't work. Uh, individual scenes really don't work. Uh, most of the characters are just miserable people. Like, Trevor says you know exactly where it's going. I wouldn't even blame the trailer for spoiling that. I think it's just obvious. Even if you didn't see a single piece of the trailer, you would get where this movie was going. Um, and going there is a ridiculously long slog. It's just boring, and dry. It doesn't really have a... It has a point, but getting there... it The point is so obvious and done so many times before. And so many better films. And you don't have to watch this. I, I just don't think you have to watch it, personally. I just think it's one of those things like maybe... Maybe you're going completionist and you want to see like why they don't work in other people's films, but even then, I don't know. It's just, it's just, oof, this movie was rough. So that's why it's, it's maybe not the worst movie I saw. It's not like you know, completely broken like the Snowman or Geostorm, but it's, it's just a good example of a lot of, you know, you you can have all these cooks in the kitchen who've done things well before, but it doesn't necessarily mean what they're gonna make is great because everyone has their own sort of mindset and it's a very good example of one guy coming in trying to create another authorial voice that completely clash and do not work together and uh you create we are the world you know it's just boring mess of a song um so anyways that's my rambly uh thing without a point which is kind of perfect for suburbicon so three out of ten i'll give it a three out of ten as well uh it's uh, all the all the reasons listed uh i like the idea of the movie <laughs> actually like i i very strongly like the idea and premise and i guess maybe it, like a little bit different from them i enjoy kind of like if there was like a new satiric way of crapping on the 50s and coming full circles with 50sism and like applying it to today i feel like it could be a very interesting take on things but at the same time i just it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't yeah, obviously it doesn't emulsify you know you end up with curdled eggs and not like a nice rich sauce i don't know why that went into the cooking uh analogy <laughs> standpoint, but i don't know i, I don't know <laughs> like why it was but this movie uh, is too sweet and not enough savory yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hear it you heard it here folks uh we give <laughs> uh, give Insert it a three your favorite gordon ramsay quote yeah in here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah we give suburbicon 2.5 steaks out of 10 um what what do you what do you score things in food um uh oh, michelin stars man. it does not get its michelin star 
<laughs> it, it it fails. <laughs> it doesn't even get a Zagat recommend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Avoid. Thank God I saw this at a matinee, or I would have rated it even lower. Oh, God. Oh, but you took your night away. <laughs> yeah. I did, like, if I'd I, spent more money on this movie, I would have been pissed oh, when I got yeah. out. But as it was, I, I was just kind of like, eh, that was so a waste of two hours. I'm so glad I have Movie Pass because you're absolutely right. Like Movie Pass makes every movie better because you didn't technically pay for it. Right, know? right. It's just you, you used your Movie Pass to waste an hour. <laughs> exactly. It's like here, <laughs> this isn't actually fourteen dollars. Go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this has been uh, Ben Hydeworth. Talk to y'all later. Hopefully Thor will bring us back to life. <laughs> Trevor. <laughs> yeah, we are kind of dead inside right now. Trevor Flynn. Goodbye. <laughs> I've been your host, Jack Newman. If you want to head on over to TuscanShed.com, you can figure out another uh, a bunch of other podcasts that you can go listen to us on, including A Feast for Fro- a Feast. Oh, my God. <laughs> a Feast okay, for Bros. A, a, yeah, some actual good podcasts right now that aren't reviewing terrible movies. <laughs> a Feast for Bros, Geek Space Nine, Animania, and, of course, our new podcast, Live Long and Discover. And, of course, stay around and watch for our new podcast, Pen and Paper Pod, coming out uh, this December. So go check out all those other podcasts and then head on over to TuscanShed.com, TuscanShed backslash TuscanShed.com backslash support us, where you can find a myriad number of ways to support us. We'll be rolling out our new sponsorships in the next month, so head on over for them. Check it out. They'll be all backslash Tuscan Shed Media or Tuscan Shed or TSM. You can use those backslashes when we got our new sponsorship rolls out, and you can go get a bunch of new free trials. We're looking forward to offering them to you, and we would appreciate anyone sticking around for the Movie Gang Podcast to uh, check them out. For everyone here at the Movie Gang Podcast, thank you for listening. <laughs> we all just like deflated at the end. <laughs>